Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. And a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. All right, we're going to continue here with our post-race media availabilities here from the NASCAR Crash and Truck Series race. We've now been joined by our race winner, Brett Moffitt. Congratulations, Brett, on that win. Um, we'll go ahead and open for questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We'll start here in the back. I'm Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Uh, first off, congratulations. Um, does this mean that you have a contract waiting for you now when you get back to the hauler, or like, what does this mean? What does this mean for you personally first, and now for 2024? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. Looking forward to 2024. Obviously, um, being the fact that I don't have anything signed for next year at this point, uh, I have more angle or more leverage. Uh, um, you know, moving forward, hopefully a little bit from winning a race. Uh, it's been three years, and uh, I've never won a speedway race, so this is uh, cool to check off the bucket list. But, uh, yeah, I doubt there will be one waiting on me, but hopefully in the future we can speed things up and figure out what we're going to be doing next year. Okay, we'll come up front to Lee. Congratulations, Brad. Happy to see you back in here. Um can you just talk a little bit about how much maturity and experience played in those final stages? We saw a lot of, you know, moves like Eckes, I don't know what the hell he was doing, but all of a sudden he just, you know, slipped out and hit the air and went backwards. I mean, but how much did your experience and maturity play into this win? Well, I feel like I've gotten a lot better super speedway racing. Obviously, in the Xfinity package, I've been up front more. I've had more confidence. I've started to make more moves that are working instead of getting me sent to the back. Um, so that was good. And just studying film. I mean, it's it's that and the spotter when we come to these places. And um, when I think it was the 19 pulled out off four, whatever, going through trial, we'll, um, I tried to chase him up a little bit. And then my immediate thought was watching last year's race and how it ended, the driver that was leading the bottom line didn't get back to the bottom to cover it and Ben had been a great pusher all day and he was pretty committed to me and and Ford did a great job executing that and I didn't know what was going on to my right I couldn't see it um but the spotter Clayton started freaking out as soon as we crossed the line so I figured we did did what we needed to do <laughs> and also as a kid who's, who grew up in Iowa um you know and have been around racing most of your life. What would you think about Iowa Speedway getting love a cup it. race? Absolutely love it. I mean, did you guys see the IndyCar set up this year? Like, that was nuts. The concert lineup, um, you know, it's – the fan count started to die there, but we didn't have an event like what is going on in IndyCar now when they go there. So 
if we could set up something like that, which I'm sure it's very capable, very possible, um, man, it, it'd be great to return to Iowa, whether it's all three series or just a couple of them. I would love to go back and race there. Well, someone did pay for it, and it was a good turnout. All right, additional questions? Okay, we'll come up front to Stephen. Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Brett, congratulations. Um, I know we talked in the garage area yesterday about the paint scheme you were driving and how it was a throwback to your rookie year in Cup. Uh, but what I remember about that season is that you know you had a successful rookie campaign in Cup. You won Rookie of the Year, but it didn't really lead to anything substantial for the next year, and you still kind of had to really fight for your career all the way until I feel like uh, that 2018 season when you ended up at Tatori, you know, so considering that, you know, did you ever think in your wildest dreams that, you know, man, I'm going to, one day I'm going to get that, something that looks like that car back, and I'm going to drive it to victory land at Talladega? Uh, well, we're still fighting. You're you're never not fighting for your career when you're in the top three series in NASCAR, um, outside of a handful of, you know, the great cup drivers. You're always fighting year to year, um, to secure the best opportunity for you. So don't think that it's a walk in the park. But, um, you know, that being said, I, I never saw this coming together. First of all, I was out on a bike ride, and Jerry Freeze calls me and asks me if I wanted to come run Talladega for him. And obviously I jumped at that opportunity, knowing it's an off weekend. And uh, he said, okay, let me, let me work on my end, get some sponsorship together to cover it. And he called Marcus with freight auctions, and they jumped all over it. Um, just the... First of all, the fact of it coming together being the same 34 car, which is what I ran in the Cup Series for them, same paint scheme, uh, same teams, same sponsor, and uh, then to go out there and execute and win the race, like that's pretty unreal, especially at a super speedway. So uh, I never never would have thought it could have gone as perfect as it did. And then you mentioned Jerry Freeze and you know everyone at front row. How have you seen, you know, just in the limited time working with them again, how much has that organization changed, do you think, since you were there in 2015? Well, it's night and day. You know, Bob started out, and we were just talking about this earlier in, in 2013, and years before that he was, you know, just trying to make races. And then once he got, you know, locked in, then it was how do we improve. And over the last eight years it's it's completely different. I watch, you know, cup time and scoring every week. Um, normally they're practicing after we qualify. And... If five years ago you would have seen the 34 in the top 10 on a regular basis on speed, you would not believe it, right? And now they're doing that. And then the truck, or the truck program they built is obviously a championship-winning team as well. And uh, you know they're fighting for another championship this year. So it's they've he's taken his time to build it, but uh, man, he's building a very very successful program. Thanks, Brett. Yep. All right. Any final questions? All right, Brett, congratulations again on that win. Thank you. All right, we're going to go ahead and continue with our post-qualifying media availability here. We've now been joined by our Best Light Pole Award winner, Eric Almarola. 
Driver of the number 10 SHR Ford. Eric, a, a great lap for your team. Um, tell us a little bit about taking home another pole this season. Yeah, it feels good to uh, to show up to Talladega with speed in our cars. You know, I, I knew coming here we were going to have an opportunity to qualify well um, and that this would be a great opportunity for us to, to win a race. So uh, proud of, you know, everybody at Stuart Haas Racing uh, for continuing to, to fight and, you know, work their tails off to, to bring fast race cars to the racetrack. Um, you know, it would be so easy at this point in the season where we're at to just bring a car to the track and check the box, but that's not who we are. Um, you know, the, the men and women at our, at our organization continue to um, wake up every day, go into the shop, figuring out how to make our race cars go fast, and today is proof of that. So proud of, uh, proud of the effort. Um, you know, we, we had a really good car at Daytona, uh, qualified well. I think we qualified second, just barely missed the pole, and ran up front all, all night and finished third. So similar car, um, similar setup, all those things. So, yeah, certainly expected to be fast when we got here. All right. We'll now go to questions for Eric. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We'll start with Justin in the middle. Uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Is is this, and this being the last two months, is this kind of SHR starting a, a resurgence? Because, you know, beginning of the year, guys weren't really on top of it. Now it's like you guys have poles, you guys are running up front, and not just Kevin or, or one car at a time. Like we're seeing multiple of you guys in chase now and qualifying third. Is What's changed over the last five months that has led to this uprise of SHR lately? Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, it's good that everybody else notices it because internally I feel like, you know, we notice it and they're continuing to be motivated by seeing um, things start to go in the right direction. So that's nice. Um, from from my standpoint, um, you know, to show up to the racetrack with a little bit more speed and be a little bit more competitive, um, you know, is encouraging. But it starts at the shop and, and it, it really has gotten to a point to where we were at a pretty low spot, right? Um, and everybody was searching. We're, you know, every team, every crew chief, every engineer is searching, like, oh, my God, we're we're off. What can we do to find speed? Let's try this setup. Let's try this setup. Let's do this to the car. Let's do that to the car. And so you end up with everybody kind of going off on these islands, um, trying to figure out what we need to do to, to put speed in our race cars. And over the last couple months, I feel like we've, come back together because that hasn't worked um, and it's there's been a lot more unity and collaboration internally inside of our organization um, bringing all the smart people together talking about what we need to do and, and kind of going at it more collectively um, and that's been a turning point and I feel like that's been beneficial okay Steven Steven Toronto, CBS Sports. Eric, this is the first time you've ever won multiple polls in a single season. I think it also brings your career total up to six. I know Whoa. that, <laughs> to my point, I know a ton of people, not a lot of drivers get their pole, pole totals referenced. I think Ryan Newman's like one of the only ones that I can think of. But, yep. but as a driver, how satisfying personally, professionally is it to be able to look at that part of the stat sheet and say, you know, hey, I won the pole for the Coke Sunderland. I won the pole in yeah. Atlanta. I won it at Bristol, Talladega, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, 
I think it's something you care about probably when I, when you get older, I guess, when you look back and you tell your grandkids that you were somebody, and you're like, look at here, here's my stats, I guess, I guess. Um, but for me, in, in my spot where I'm at in life and my career, um, you know, I just, I chalk it up as mission accomplished, right? Like, we show up to the racetrack every week, and your goal is to be fastest in practice, then after that it's to be fastest in qualifying. And then after that, it's to win the race. And if you don't achieve any of those things, it's mission not accomplished. So, um, yeah, I don't I, – I, I, of course, am appreciative and, and get excited. Uh, but I get more excited for the team than I do really for my stat total. Um, you know, it's, it's rewarding for Drew and, and all the guys on my team. It's rewarding for the men and women back at the shop. It is a morale boost. Um, when you show up and you have a fast race car and you qualify on the pole. And the thing about Drew is that no matter where he's been, his reputation has always been that he brings a very, very fast car to the super speedways. What exactly is it about him and his uh, mechanical or aerodynamic prowess that you know allows your team to bring cars yeah. to super speedways as fast as they are? Well, Drew, Drew's been around the sport for a long time, and Drew's very savvy. Um, he's smart. Um, and, you know, he's, he's intelligent about a lot of things, but when it comes to prepping race cars and getting race cars ready to go to the, the racetrack, Drew is extremely detail-oriented. And so, you know, that was – I worked with Drew when I was at Petty's, and I was so excited uh, when we had the opportunity to get him to come over to Stuart Haas Racing uh, because of that. You know, I, I knew that Drew uh, was a guy that would come in – and take you know fast race cars and, and make them faster. And unfortunately, over the last couple of years uh, that he's been there as an organization, we've been off. And so it's been challenging for him to show how good he is and how capable he is as a crew chief. Um, but I think extremely highly of of, of Drew Blickensurfer. He's uh, he's very talented, and you know this shows it right because you come to a racetrack like this where it's very um, paired up, and it, all the little details matter. Um, you know, you look at qualifying, you look how tight it is. It's separated by thousandths of a second, which means that the details matter that much more. Um, and so that just points to Drew and his leadership and how good he is at getting the most out of our race cars. Thanks, Eric. All right. Any final questions? Okay. We'll come up front to Bob. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. You talk about the improvements the last couple of months. Has that impacted any decision you might have for next year? And, <laughs> or if you have a decision, can you tell us? Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't have a decision, and uh, well, at least at least not one I can tell you. Um, so I, I think for me, um, I'm just enjoying it, right? Uh, Claire asked me a minute ago if, looking back on it now, if I feel like I made the right decision when I came back for this year, and I can easily answer that as yes. Uh, Performance-wise, on the racetrack, no, it, it hasn't been the year that I hoped for when I signed up to come back. That, that's, um, that's no secret. But I have met um, a handful of people that have really impacted my life this year that I would have never met had I not um, decided to come back. Um, my family and I have gotten to experience some really, really amazing things um, this year. And, you know, I think... Personally, I feel like the good Lord led me to, to have this opportunity, and, and it, was, it was very apparent that the door was wide open. All I had to do was step through. Um, and so, 
you know, as I as I sit here today, I'm wrestling with that same thing. Um, you know, for for me, I've I've kind of, sort of speak, put my career on the altar, because um, for most of my career, I held on so tightly. I was like, man, I just need, you know, one more contract or next year's contract. And um, this year, I've just been so free with it and held it so loosely, and it's been mind blowing. Um, the conversations that I've had in the last three to four months and just all the things that are happening and going on around me. So it's been humbling, um, and I just continue to pray through it and talk with my wife, talk with my kids, and we'll we'll see. All right. Any final questions for Eric? All right. Congratulations again, Eric. Thank you, guys. All right, Eric was fast all day. Uh, just didn't bring it down to when you needed to get the checkered flag, guys. Uh, will he be back next year? Yeah, I was there when he announced in Miami that he was returning, and he always has his kids with him, man. That's his family first. That was his decision. So uh, let's move on to uh, Roger Pinsky come in with his crew chief. Roger really looks good. I'm telling you, this man uh, still got a lot of life in him. He's uh, he, he looks like a one happy guy. So let's hear from the crew chief and uh, Roger Pinsky. All right. We're going to go ahead and start our post-race press conference here at Talladega Super Speedway for today's Yellowwood 500 at Talladega. We've now been joined by our race-winning team owner, Roger Pinsky, and race-winning crew chief, Jonathan Hassler. Thank you both for, for joining us for a little bit after this win, and congratulations on Brian taking that victory. Roger, we'll go ahead and start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about your vantage point on those final laps. Well, I was uh, on the outside there just before the start-finish line. It's hard for me to tell who won, but what I did see was the teamwork, you know, with the Fords, with the 36, with Herbst, and certainly, you know, for uh, – Harvick, who his last race here, you know, working like he did with Ryan. Ryan, it was really amazing to see that. But, uh, you know, Hendrick's freight train was coming, and we ever stayed together. I think that was the call that uh, Ford had uh, earlier in the day when we talked. But Ryan did a great job. Um, he was doing a good race. Uh, he was beating himself up last week because of the uh, speeding in the pits. But I said, let's forget that. And Jonathan gave him a great car, and certainly the when you think about uh, – the Roush Yates horsepower, it didn't hurt us. You could see that today. So it was just a perfect execution, good pitch, good strategy. And uh, he was very calm, which is key for him. And uh, during that middle part of the race, when we, were, right, Jonathan, when we were a little bit behind, he stayed in the right lane and saving fuel, and at the end it worked out. All right. And, Jonathan, for you, from the box, um, I'm, I'm sure you were – um, watching those final laps a, a little bit intensely, knowing that the round of eight is, is cutting after Charlotte, but just tell us a little bit of, of your thoughts as well. Yeah, just, uh, you know, obviously I um, feel like over the last couple of years we've had a uh, really good speedway program. I feel like we've been, you know, in contention to, to win several of them. Um, so, you know, coming into the day, um, we thought we had a really good chance. We just needed to, and I told the guys this morning, um, you know, we don't need to go out and do anything different. We just need to do what, what we've been doing. Uh, execute and and we'll be in good shape. Um, and they did that and and we were in position and and Ryan did a great job there, Tian. All right. We'll now go to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. Get them. We'll get a mic to you. Um, does anyone have an opening question that would like to kick us off? All right. We'll come up front to Jenna. 
uh, for both, congratulations for both of you. Just um, how much of a relief is it just to not have to worry about next week at all? Well, you know, when you come out of uh, being the champion in 2022 and we're in, a, we're in a tight situation here, it was a huge event for us today, and uh, we knew we had to execute. <clears throat> in this place, you never know what happens. You have the best car and end up in a wreck or something, but uh, it's a tremendous amount of momentum will give us in this next stage, and then hopefully we can get to the Final Four. Jonathan, I'm curious, you, know, you guys have this really odd stat. I think you only have like five top fives, but two of them are wins. Like, what, what do you make of that? Uh, you know, I, I don't think our speed has been, um, you know, as good this year as, as maybe it was what it was a year ago. Um, you know, we've, we've certainly had, uh, we've been really strong in all the speedways. Um, I, I feel like Atlanta, I put it, Atlanta in that as well. I feel like we were, you know, in contention for those, but we've struggled at a lot of other tracks. Um, so we've just been, you know, trying to, to grind it out, and obviously we hit on it at Charlotte, but we've had some weeks where we where we haven't. So, um, yeah, just really haven't had the speed that we've wanted to, but I feel like we've definitely uh, been working hard and making some progress. So if you don't have the speed, how do you feel moving forward? Uh, I think we've been making good progress, honestly. I was, um, you know, I thought, uh, honestly, we could have been in contention to win last week at Texas. Um, you know, a little bit of that was strategy, but obviously I had to have a car that would hang in as well, too. Um, so, like I said, I think we've been working, uh, making our program better. Um, I'm excited for sure to go to Vegas. Uh, a rough track seems to be one of our strengths. Uh, obviously, it has a lot of similarities to Charlotte. So, um, yeah, we're just going to keep working. And, and uh, you know, if, if we have a chance to get to Phoenix, Ryan's as good there as anybody else. And, Roger, I think I saw a video of you the last two nights at the BC39, and you made your way here. Um, I, I know you've called racing your, your golf game, your fishing, your hunting, but, like, can you get enough racing? Well, as you know, uh, a special BC39 for Brian Clausen, they've had that event there, and we've invested in the short track. And, you know, it's amazing to see these kids drive these. I see where Larson got it. I mean, these guys every single lap. And uh, it's just great to be there and to thank the fans for, for coming. And uh, uh, there's a female driver there that I didn't see the night before. I don't know her name, but they said she is outstanding. So, again, we had, you know, some diversity there, which is also good. But the fan base is really great. And with Kyle coming to race at the Speedway for the 500, just think about that, how many Midwest fans that he has. And, uh, look, it's just a great little track. Obviously, we wish you all come at some point, but uh, I had to show up, didn't I? <laughs> all right, we're going to Justin here in the middle. <clears throat> Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Um, Roger, what are the emotions like seeing a defending champion be knocked out of the first round a couple weekends ago and now seeing another driver make it into the round of eight, like Jenna said, without having to worry about the Roval anymore? Well, you know, we've had lots of discussions. In fact, right up to an hour before the race, the things that we had to change. So maybe I'll take some of those back. But, uh, no, it was, it's terrific. But that's, that's the sport. I mean, you, you can be on top and you can be on the bottom because all these new teams coming in, I mean, you see the, the success they're having. So we just can't ride on our laurels. In fact, we won last year. doesn't mean anything when you roll out at Daytona, and I think we saw that. We've won races, which is good, but we didn't have the speed, as uh, Jonathan said, but I think each week we're getting better. And I felt last week, other than the speeding penalty, we were right up front. And I think as we go into these next races, you know, we have some things that we know we want to do and hopefully we can execute. All right, additional questions? Okay, go here in the back. Uh, Max Donaldson, Gas and Times is for both. Obviously, with his third win at the track, he's starting to get up there with some pretty historic names in the series. What do you take away from his success at this track? 
Our success here? Oh, Ryan's success. Mm -hmm. Well, he's, he's, as you know, he's won races here, and, and he's been up, he's been in the hunt all the time. I, I think it's a, a combination. I think he is, he doesn't take a lot of chances when he gets shuffled back. I think he stays cool, realizes at the end, and you can listen to him on the radio today. <clears throat> he was, he was very good, and I think with Jonathan and certainly his spotter, you got to give these guys a lot of credit. Just, you know, I listened to two or three of them at one time, and I can't believe the commitment these spotters are making because they're, I think they're driving the car sometimes. So it's a, a tremendous team effort. All right. Any final questions? All right. Roger, Jonathan, Thanks. thank you both for your time Thanks, and congratulations again on that yeah, win. Thank you. All right, everyone. I'd like to uh, congratulate Roger Pinsky, man. I'll tell you, Pinsky has uh, really done a lot for racing. And looks like he's still got a lot left in him to give to racing. So, guys, uh, my hat's off to Roger Penske. Ryan Blaney, dude, I'm telling you, what a calm, collected dude he was all day. Dodged the mayhem, and that's all you got to do for the last lap. You got to have your fenders to have a chance to win at Talladega. It's just not going to be easy unless you do. So, uh, listen to what. Uh, how Ryan felt about doing a burnout is pretty funny. It's pretty neat. Uh, it, it's sprinkled in there in the interview, and you'll catch it when you hear it. Uh, congratulations to Ryan Blaney for winning the Yellowwood 500 for the fall of 2023. All right. We're going to continue with our post-race media availability here now with our race winner of today's Yellowwood 500 at Talladega is Ryan Blaney. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. A big congratulations on that win. Um, to kick us Thanks. off, just take us through those final laps from your vantage point in, in the car. Yeah, just, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, we did a good job of positioning ourselves uh, up towards the front. There, um, you know, after we made a mistake at stage two and kind of lost track position and uh, we did a really good good job and, and had a good pit stop and you know was able to start in the front two rows and um, you know the last restart I guess uh, you know the 36 did a great job you know Riley did a really good job of pushing me kind of where I needed it especially when we were leading the top lane um, you know he hasn't he hasn't run too many Cup races at all and I think he's, the only other speedway he's run is maybe Daytona. A month ago, so he did a really good job of, of kind of understanding where to to get on me and and, and carry momentum. Uh, so appreciate him for that, and uh, I'll say he did a good job. And and yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing was was getting clear to the bottom down the back stretch in front of the 24 to get alongside the four. Um, you know, and that made it to where okay, now it's a drag race between he and I. Um, and my big the biggest job too was making sure the 24 didn't get clear. Um, so I kind of had a drag break to make sure the four stayed outside the 24 to kind of make sure one of us won and, and made sure the 24 couldn't jump outside of me and, and made sure I had his help. So, um, yeah, just a, a neat day, fun day. It's always fun to win these things, and you have to appreciate them because they're so hard to do, and um, we hung in there all day. And, and fun to drag race Kevin there at the end. Um, uh, I, I hate it was it had to be us to beat him at his final speedway race, but uh, – um, you know, it was definitely fun to, to race with someone like that, especially coming down to the end where it's, it gets pretty wild. All right. We're going to now go to questions. If you have a question, go ahead, raise your hand, and we'll get a microphone to you. We'll start in the middle with Justin. Oh, sorry. Middle, right there. 
Uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Ryan, first off, congratulations. I'm sure you're thrilled you don't have to worry about the Roval. Psyched. Yeah. Um, but what is it with you and Talladega and your wins here being seven thousandths, seven thousandths, twelve thousandths? I mean, usually when people win, they're big wins. For you, it's kind of the, obvious, uh, the opposite where it's very narrow wins. I don't know. It's not like I plan it. Um, I, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you just uh, we do a good job here at these plate tracks, you know, and um, of kind of trying to position ourselves towards the front of these things to where you have a shot at it at the end, and that's really all you can ask for. And, and sometimes they go your way, sometimes they don't. I mean, sometimes you lose them by five feet, and sometimes you win them by three or, three or four feet. You know, we lost the 500 one year by – a handful of feet, you know, we've happened to, to win a couple of these things by a, a combined amount of maybe eight feet. So uh, just one of those things that's tough, and, and you just have to try to put yourself in the best spot, and, and whether it happens for you or not, uh, you kind of accept it. So. And then you were saying a little bit earlier about you kind of drag racing with Harvick, but go back about maybe three, four laps to go. You and Harvick were working really well in that second lane. Were you surprised that he dropped down after you guys had been working together for the past dozen laps? Um, no, I mean, he was he was trying to figure out what lane was going to be the best, you know, and, and what had more health. And so, you know, I think he was just kind of playing the lane game, trying to figure out which one was going to have the best run and uh, which one was going to be tighter um, together. And, and they were both pretty even, I think. Um, so it was kind of his choice, right, of what you think is coming and which one you don't think is, is kind of – being there, you know, he went up and blocked the top down the back, coming to the checkered, and that opened the bottom up for me. Um, so it's it's one of those weird things. It's you know, you're looking in your mirror, your spotter's talking, and you're trying to figure out which lane has more energy, right? And so you're kind of hopping around trying to figure out what lane is going to help you out more. And um, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, he went that lane kind of surged forward, and he went down to try to block it. Um, so it didn't really surprise me. He's just going with the right lane at the time and uh, judgment call really at that point. All right, we're going to come up front to Jordan, right here, all the way to the front. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, that move on the backstretch where you darted from the outside to the inside and kind of split William and, and Kevin, did you know you were clear, or did, was it just a, I'm going here and I've got a hole and i got to go? I, I knew it was going to be close. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure how clear I was. Um, I honestly kind of made my move, I think, before Josh said I was clear. Um, so I knew it was going to be tight, but, I mean, that was the only chance to make that move, right? If I if I didn't make it then, I feel like the, that bottom lane would have got there to my left rear, and now I'm I'm not leading a lane. So uh, just kind of halfway knowing I'm clear and just kind of committing to it. I know this isn't going to change how you did things over the last couple of laps, but as you're racing Harvick, are you in the, in your mind at all? You like this 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 is his last time here, this could be his last shot at a victory, or any of those things going through your mind at all? No, yeah. no. I, I mean, he's another competitor at that point. You know, I mean, it's uh, uh, that's really the only thing you're thinking about. So, um, yeah, another racer. I mean, it was super fun to race with him, drag it out to the end, you know, down the front stretch with him, and I apologize to some people, the fans who had his shirt on after the race, I saw in victory lane. <laughs> Sorry I beat your guy, but um, yeah, just another competitor at that point. All right, Jenna, right here up front. Oh, sorry, right there. Jenna Fry, AP. Hey, Ryan, congratulations. Um, obviously, you're through to the round of eight. That's the practical part of it, but from the mental side of that, um, how much easier does it make this week for you? 
Yeah, it definitely makes it a lot easier, um, for sure. Uh, you know, but honestly, I thought we did a good job after Texas. You know, I made a mistake, sped, put us in the back, got us in a wreck, and now we're below the cut line. Our group did a really good job of just staying calm, you know, understanding we have two more races left, just go try to do our job, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, so uh, we did a good job of kind of maintaining our uh, mental stability after Texas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just so much pressure off whenever you can win in one of these races and one of the rounds, especially the first or second, it just oh, it just relieves you. Like I talked to William today at Driver Intros, and he's like, this is like the most fun speedway race I'm ever going to have because I don't have to stress about it, right? So you kind of just feel free. Um, so uh, it does take some pressure off. Uh, I mean, you go try to win the race next week for sure, but maybe you can be a little bit more aggressive, mm -hmm. you know, on stages or back. Uh, maybe you flip the stages to try to go win the race, you know, instead of having to go get points mm -hmm. in the stages. I, I feel like a lot of guys are going to have to do that if they're on that that agenda of kind of being close to the cut line. So it just kind of changes the way you approach it a little bit too. But, yeah, very relieving, uh, that's for sure. And I'm, I asked Jonathan this. I'm curious your take. You've got this really weird stat. You've only got five um, top five finishes all year but two wins. What do you make of that? Yeah, I didn't know that stat. Um <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I don't know whether to like that or dislike it. Um, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I, I feel like, yeah, it's kind of been up and down. I feel like we were, you know, really solid until uh, you know, winning in Charlotte and then, say, up to Sonoma. And then we kind of we kind of lost our way a little bit after the break and um, just struggled, uh, you know, to kind of find speed and put together races and making mistakes, whether it's my mistakes or pit road and, um, I feel like we've done a good job as the playoffs have started to kind of managing these races like we need to and kind of getting back on track. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. But I feel like we had a, you know, a lot more top fives last year and, and contended for more wins probably, um, but didn't execute very good. And I feel like this year we've executed pretty good, especially the two-thirds point of this year, and, and that's something to, to be super proud of. And it's definitely shown that we've, you know, done a good job of, of believing in each other and, just doing our job, you know, and uh, so those guys are awesome at that. All right, go ahead. Marshall Smith, Sanford University. First off, congrats on the win, Ryan. Uh, you're now tied with drivers like Davey Allison and Kale Yarborough for the number of wins at Talladega. Uh, can you speak on, like, what this track means to you and uh, how much it shaped your racing career and love from the fans? Yeah, I love this place. I mean, I, uh, I accepted this place early on in my cup career as a uh, – I feel like two people have two opinions on speedways. Either they love them or they hate them with a passion. And I kind of made the decision, of, I'm going to love these places, and I'm going to accept if something bad happens to me here, right? If you get in a wreck, that's not your fault, right? You're just going to accept it and not stress out about that. And once you kind of put that in your head of you're just accepting that these things can happen here, now you can focus on trying to run well and win, right? You're not worried about all this stuff for coming here, disliking the track, like, oh, I can't stand being here the speedway races are dumb you know it's not really the right mindset to have so i just kind of <laughs> did that early on and and it's you know benefited us uh, mindset wise coming to these places and yeah it means a lot to win here i grew up watching dad race here for a long time uh, i love the area uh, the fans here are spectacular and um being able to meet a bunch of people has, has been fun and getting to know a lot of people you know from the speedway also has, has been amazing and um you know just really fortunate to to have uh, good friends and friends here that, that treat me like family so 
um, yeah, really. Spe- and I think you appreciate these things more because it's so hard to win at these places. You know, it's just such a up in the air thing. You never know if it's going to work out for you or not. So I, you have to really appreciate whenever you can win here. And, and it's uh, really, really fortunate. We've been lucky enough to win here three times. But, um, you know, that's uh, that's pretty neat that we've, you know, same as Yarborough and, and Davey. That's that's pretty special. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. All right. There's a lot of hands up. Please be patient. We're going to get to as many as we can in the time that we have. We're going to come up front now to Kelly, Jordan, Shane, and then Stephen. Right up front here. Kelly, raise your hand if you think I you. can hear you. If you don't want to wait on the mic. I'm a rule follower, oh, Ryan. Sorry. <laughs> um, KellyCrandallRacer.com. Ryan, you've been to the round of eight before. The hump has been getting past the round of eight the final four aside from saying execution is there something about that round that you can focus on you and this team to get past that roadblock yeah I think just learning from mistakes you know I feel like uh, I've made mistakes last year I made two massive mistakes and kept us out of Phoenix you know so I think learning from prior experiences uh, is, is beneficial there obviously you need your cars to be fast enough because it gets it gets super tough and these racetracks are you know, there's no super speedway, there's no road course. It's like traditional tracks, and um, and then it gets super hard. I mean, you when everything resets, you have guys that have tons of points. Um, today helped us out a little bit, but uh, a couple guys have way more playoff points than us, so that makes it super tough. But no, I think if we can just learn from past mistakes and uh, and have our, our cars fast and just you know not mess up, really. I mean, you have to perform, so. I can't believe you took the execution word away from me, but uh, um, no, I, I think just believe in each other and and, been, and continue to work. You know, I feel like our cars haven't been quite the speed they needed to be to compete with maybe like the five or uh, you know the eleven's been fast, but I, I think we're we're still working and this could be a big shot in the arm for us. So I'm excited to see what we have for them when we unload in Vegas. So speaking of Vegas and Homestead, you're going to start with two intermediate tracks. You look at your numbers this year, they might be a little bit deceiving. You've, you've got a couple top tens, but then you've got some finishes outside the top 15. So intermediate speed-wise, how are you feeling about two of those in that round before you even get to Martinsville? I, I mean, I obviously feel good about them. Um, we've been working super hard to try to find this intermediate speed. I, I feel like... You know, we've gotten better. Like, we ran better at Kansas than we did prior... We had a good run going at Texas, didn't qualify good, but kind of got up through there and was able to maintain. So, I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell until you unload. You know, you're always trying to work on stuff, but uh, you got to have confidence that you're going to unload fast and, and with speed and be able to compete. All right, Jordan, if you'll raise your hand, please. Thank you. And then Shane, you can go after Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Um, if, if Kevin Harvick hadn't lost uh, Riley Herbst, his pusher at the end, um, do you think Harvick is, is able to – Are you do you think you're still able to hold off Harvick at the end there? I don't know. I haven't really seen a replay of, of how much help uh, the 36 got pulled off of him. Did someone go three wide or something to the top of the 36? I couldn't tell you. Okay, I, I, I haven't seen yeah. the replay. So see, I, the 36 spawn. I mean – Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know how that kind of developed. All I knew is that the 24 was pretty close to me, and uh, – I saw the 36 for a second, it was maybe a car length off the floor, and when the 24 got to me, I felt fairly confident that I could kind of nose ahead, um, just because he was pretty tight on my bumper. Um, but yeah, you never know how, <laughs> how those things work out. I just, you know, made, tried to make sure the 24 didn't get clear in three and four, 
and then once I knew he wasn't clear and the four was going to be able to box him in, uh, you just hope you get a good push to, to try to, you know, maintain your run and, and make it. Shane Cox, Charlotte Observer. A lot of times in wins, you know, you're leading for the last 10 laps, sometimes leading for the majority of the end. In this case, when was that moment where you kind of realized that you had won? Um, it took a few seconds. I wasn't really 100% sure if we beat Harvick or not. Um, it's kind of a weird race here. You know, I've won a couple other ones I've won here. We led a lot. Like, we led a lot of laps and kind of controlled the race. This one, we didn't really lead much. I mean, like single-digit laps, I think we led. And... Um, it's kind of a different different way, uh, but we still were up there all day. We just never really like controlled the lead. Um, it was hard to control the lead, honestly, today, if, whoever you were. Um, but yeah, it just it takes you a few seconds when they're that close. You don't really know. <laughs> and Josh uh, confirmed it pretty quick, so that was nice. And what was going through your mind as you realized that you had one? And you know, obviously, usually you kind of know, you're kind of unsure. You know, it's a close one, and then in the end, you actually realized that you had won the race, and you kind of realized after. What was what was that like? I just appreciate it. You know, you understand you did a good job and you put in 500 miles of really hard work to try to get to this spot. And uh, it means a lot whenever it's, you know, it, it comes to fruition. So just uh, super cool. I was debating whether to do a burnout or not. I usually don't do them, but I was really, really excited. So I did one. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. But now it's a special feeling, especially, like I said earlier, when you can win here, it's it's really hard to do. And, and you have to appreciate those uh, those moments. Oh, you don't know? No. Uh, Dale Inman pulled me aside one day, and uh, he said, hey, you don't see the winner of the Kentucky Derby get off his horse and start beating the shit out of it. So <laughs> so that's why I don't do burnouts. Well, I didn't do a burnout after one race, and he was like, I like how you don't do burnouts. Cause, and then he told me that story, and I was like, well, I'm definitely not. He might be mad at me for doing one and breaking our, our rule. But, yeah, the Inman quote. Yeah, Thank you. no problem. <laughs> All right, we're going to come up front right here, please, to Stephen. All right. Uh, Stephen Toronto, CBS Sports. Thank you for saying no to equine violence, if I said that correctly. Um, gotcha. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy word. Fancy word. Uh, team Joey Logano was on uh, – serious this past week and um, he was talking about how people at Penske were you know frustrated and uh, pissed off that the season hasn't gone the way that the organization would have hoped for um, you were the last Penske driver in the playoffs now you're on to the round of eight you've got you know a second victory for, for the team as you enter these the second half of the playoffs and these last five races do you feel like this can be a galvanizing force for Penske is an organization that you know might be able to propel you to a chance to race for a championship and almost change the narrative from the energy around the team and how this this year has been. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's it's probably not been the year we wanted. You know, at our at our group, right? You go from winning the championship with the 22 guys, and then we've struggled a little bit this year overall for speed and you know finishes and stuff like that. And and you know, Joey getting knocked out in the first round was definitely a gut punch and. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy to get down on that stuff, but, you know, it's easy to get fired up about things, too. And uh, our group, you know, is always working towards getting better. You know, I don't think they, they don't dwell on being behind a little bit for a long time. They just go to work, right, and they try to figure out how to be better. And um, and I think a shot in the arm like this, right, it's like, all right, well, let's go, right? We're in the round eight. 
let's uh, we're still in this thing. We still got one in it. You know, let's uh, let's keep working. And that's their mindset, no matter if we would have won today or not, right? You're always trying to get. Uh, you always have our people are always into it, right? Maybe they're frustrated at times that you're not running good, but they're always they don't give up, right? They always just try to be better and just work to solve the problem. I mean, that's you're going to have down times in racing. You're going to kind of be up top and then struggle for speed, and then it, it's just a big circle of life, really, uh, when it comes to that stuff. And um, you know, I, I think this is definitely a good motivator. That's for sure. Fire fire everybody up. And usually, the last super speedway race of the season, people try and project performance here to performance in next year's Daytona 500. Uh, so considering not only your victory, but the fact that uh, Austin got a top 10, Joey was very competitive, ran at the front, um, you know, does that give you extra reason to be confident that things are going in the right direction and that Penske will be back at the level they've been? Uh, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, these places, you know, it's kind of hard to tell where you stack up. Our cars on speedways have always had really good pace. You know, we've always qualified well. Fords are always running good. Rush Yates does a good job on the engine. So uh, it's really hard to tell. I, I really just, Daytona, Talladega, how we run there, I only based it in Daytona, Talladega, right? I, you can't really compare it to the other stuff, uh, but just the speedways. So uh, probably the effort of the, the work we've done to be fast at these places, but it's really all you can compare it to. Thanks, Ryan. All right. I have a couple in the back. Go ahead and raise your hand. There's like four of y'all. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Uh, Ryan, back here. Uh, Dalton Hawkins with FrontStretch.com. Ryan, today had 70 total lead changes, which is the most in any cup race since 2011, also here. What exactly is it that made today so competitive, even among all the other next-gen car races at the Super Speedways? Um, I think... You saw the third lane more today than normal, uh, and honestly, it's 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 honestly just a massive fuel mileage race now. I mean, where the stages are, um, how, how you know the less time you can spend on pit road, you know, the better, and you gain your track position. You know, so literally the first stint of each stage, everyone's just saving gas. You know, I mean, I ran 50% throttle damn near the whole first stint of each stage just to save gas so I'm on pit road less amount of time take less gas you jump the cars that are using more gas you know and and when like the leaders of the uh, the bottom lane the middle lane start doing that uh, the third lane kind of develops because you have guys that are like well screw it I'm not going to save I'm trying to get to the front um, and so I think that's why you have all these fluctuations in third lane goes middle goes, it kind of fades, and it's just, it like depends on what, who's leading that lane, who's saving fuel or not. And uh, it's kind of a, it's a weird thing as a driver because, you know, we got back, uh, I think in the second stage, I was like almost the very back of the pack, but I just saved a ton of gas on the bottom, and I came out like third in our group because I had to take less gas, and that propelled us towards the front, so... It's a weird kind of game. It's different than what it has been, but everyone's kind of catching on to the saving fuel type situation, and um, that's really what brings the third lane up there a lot. You know, you don't at the end of the race when everyone's not saving gas and you're pushing hard in the first lane, second lane, the third lane doesn't really go anywhere. Um, so it's kind of a funky, funky deal. But yeah, a lot of passes. It was it was exciting. Hopefully, people enjoyed it. All right, raise your hand. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thank you. 
Christian Coley, KickingTheTires.net. Ryan, you were kind of talking about Riley Herbst in the early part of your media availability. Kind of talking on that, he almost won Talladega in the Truck Series race a couple years ago, and he's shown really good speed in the last few times he's been in a cup car. Kind of talking about looking at the Xfinity Series, he's not done great. You know, kind of speak on what the, the difference between a cup car, truck, Xfinity, you know, I've heard it a lot lately is it just they feel like the process of cup is to go to trucks straight to cup instead of doing Xfinity. Kind of talk about what you think about that opinion. Yeah, it's definitely kind of different than what it used to be a couple of years ago before this car, you know, uh, cup cars, Xfinity cars, they drive so much different than what they do or than what they used to. Um, they, I, From what I've heard, they drive a lot like a truck, you know, in kind of my past experiences, they drive a lot like a truck. It's been a long time since I've driven a truck, but uh, they kind of have more of that feel. Um, whereas, you know, you look at a cup car from 2016, 17, 18, Xfinity car was an awesome learning tool because they were pretty similar race cars uh, and they handled the same. So, yeah, it is a little different. Um, I, I think uh, like Kosovar has done a good job jumping from trucks to cup because they're very similar to each other without kind of doing the Xfinity route because uh, it's just hard to learn. But experience, race experience is race experience, right? And I think running laps in any type of car is good for you, but uh, you can probably compare the trucks to the cup cars a little bit more now. Uh, but no, Riley's done a good job. I mean, he's done, he did good at Daytona, you know, a month ago. Obviously, he did good today. Um, I was actually excited when he lined up behind me because I thought, you know, he's a good pusher and he, you know, showed that he pushed in a lot of good spots today and wasn't like hitting in terrible spots, right? So, um that side is uh, was really impressed with, and um, he definitely was a huge factor in keeping us up there. So, uh, but as far as like the series process, yeah, it's it's different from what it used to be, but it's still still good to get laps in whatever you can get laps in, and I think that helps you as a driver, especially if you're young. Take what you can get, get laps in, in something, and and just go to these tracks and try to figure out you know these tracks and how to approach them as much as you can. Great, Michael. Go ahead. Michael Massey, Front Stretch. Uh, Ryan, you've you've been there as Joey for you know a couple years where he didn't have the most playoff points or the best regular season, and he kind of snuck his way. You know, perform what mattered to get to the championship four and you know get those championships. Have you learned anything you know from watching him be able to do that? Yeah, I think you know being teammates with Joey and, and teammates with Brad for a long time was was really awesome for me to kind of see. I, I admire those guys a lot. Joey's, uh, I mean, you said it perfectly. I feel like he's always really good at um, making a lot out of something, uh, out of little. You know, I feel like they do that all the time. He and Paul Wolf do a great job of that. Uh, Joey's very smart and uh, mentally strong in, in those situations to where he's always looking towards the future, and that's something I've kind of looked at of how he approaches things. Because there's times you're like, man, they're, they're not very good, and they'll go pull something out, and, you know, they're just tough and, and they figure it out and you're like, it's, it's not a coincidence that that happens to them. They think about this stuff and they're, they're very mentally strong when it comes to these things and always trying to, to be better. So, uh, yeah, I've definitely learned from him a lot. Um, so it's been nice to have him as a teammate and, um, he's, I mean, one of the best guys out there. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, he's won two championships for a reason and, um, it's, it's been fun. To, it's been nice to learn from him and try to acquire some of those things that I think make him really, really good. All right, I think I had one more question in the back. Do you have a question? You're good? Okay, we'll take one final question up front. Hey, you spoke, uh, Brand Strickland, AL.com. You spoke earlier about when you were talking to, um, when you were talking to Byron 
in the pre-race. And him talking about it, it's going to be fun, stress-free. When you duck down in front of him, did you – I know there's no safe spaces in Talladega, but did you feel safer knowing he might not get squirrely at the end and try to pass you? Not really. I didn't really think about that. You know, I just – the hole was there, and I was able to get down and, and lead a lane, and I knew they were tight. I knew he had Hendrick guys right behind him, so they were going to be pushing a lot. The only thing I was worried about was um, how hard is he going to push me uh, because it's probably not a good thing if I win for like the five, right? So that was like my only thing that went through my head. I'm like, hope he didn't lay off me, you know, and uh, stuff like that. And he didn't, you know. I mean, he was committed, and I think me laying back to him kind of got our lane moving to where it bunched up and we just went. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I try to make the move the best place I thought possible with the most help and um, luckily he was he was able to give us a good shove there and, and stay tight tight enough to me to where I could squeak ahead of Kevin. All right, Ryan, thank you so much right. for much. spending time with us. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Ryan Blaney, man, bringing it home, bringing the I'm bringing that number 12 Pinsky forward to the house. Uh, guys, what a weekend, man, I tell you. I, I, hey, congratulations to Love's RV Stop 250. I mean, Love's is everywhere around. I, I stop at it. If you're not a member, if you don't have the app, get the Love's app. It knocks 10 cents off your gas. On the way home yesterday, listen to this, guys. If you're listening up north, I paid for my gas yesterday with my Love's app, $2.98. That's right. I said $2 range. So uh, congratulations to Love's and being part of Talladega Super Speedway, Yellowwood 500. I think it was a great match. I hope to see them back tied in with this again next year with the Yellowwood 500. I think it was great. Uh, the race was awesome. If you did not see uh, the last, the wreck that Matt Crafton and Nick Sanchez was in, I spoke to Matt on his way to go do the the knockout punch. Uh, he was out of his fire suit, and we kind of crossed paths, and I, I just kind of, hey, Matt, you okay? And he looked at me with this zombie stare, and he goes, I'm all right. And if I had followed him, I'd have went down and witnessed him busting Nick Sanchez in the face. But I'm not a mind reader. Uh, you know, was that right to sucker punch him? Hey, look, if you're driving a race car and you have a wreck, you know, it's like going into a bad neighborhood and walking around. Be aware of your situation. You know, Matt's a little more seasoned veteran than Nick. I think that Nick will be more aware of what's going on around him now. You know, uh, Nick spoke some harsh words towards the end that would be hard for me to deal with. I don't know how NASCAR is going to deal with that. How do you deal with uh, Matt going over and sucker punching him is what they said. I did not witness it, but I wouldn't have think there would have been much of a fight there if he had uh, even tapped him on his shoulder and said, here I am, what are we going to do? So we try to stay on the positive note. Uh, with that being said, 
Man, thanks, Talladega, Brian, and all his staff at Talladega. Stephanie Harris with NASCAR. Didn't have to want for nothing. The food was great. Uh, the atmosphere was absolutely awesome. Let me give a shout-out to all my folks back out on the boulevard and, and around. You know, I was over in the North Park seeing my friends. I was over in the infield seeing my friends. Boone's Tiff Bar Jar, uh, Brandon that played, the auction that was held. I, I'm going to post it. I'm going on to see if anybody's already posted. Close friend passed away between the two races, and they had an auction that was absolutely God-driven. Uh, even down to the – they asked for an auctioneer, and a kid says, I got you. It did a pretty decent job. Now, how many times do you ask for an auctioneer in the crowd and, and, and somebody says, I got it? So with that being said, I know they raised $7,000 for the family. I hope there was more. But uh, congratulations to one guy who spent $6,600 on a get old used guitar that meant a lot. And two tires signed by Jeff Gordon and one signed by Jeffrey Earnhardt. Those sold for, I think they said $2,600, and the guitar went for 4000 It was a guitar just bought at the pawn shop. Uh, Brandon learned how to play the guitar, played it several, several years at, at different events, and he wanted to auction it off to uh, help the family, and man, bought some hell. What a blessing. That's why I'm a racer. There's more to racing than just seeing the race. Uh, the Daga Nation, what a, what a great uh, deal they put on. Uh, 38, man, and Scott over there cooking on the grill. What a place to tailgate. Uh, you know, I can just go on and on with, with people that I met, William and Robin. Uh, glad to bring my grandson, Braden, there. Uh, Carl Crawford, he come over, a friend of mine. We got to spend some great time together, everybody. Man, if you've never been to a race, you need to put Talladega on the bucket list because there's very seldom. There's no other track like it. When they tell you there's no other track like it, I've been to several tracks. The closest I've seen with the party atmosphere was at Watkins Glen. And they... They brought it in the infield also. But uh, Talladega is one of the most unique places. Still a place you've got free camping right now. I mean, uh, guys, that knocks $150 off, off your tab for the week. And then the free concert with a Sunday ticket. Uh, they had the rodeo, and I'm telling you, there was not an empty seat in that rodeo arena on Friday night, and they put on a spectacular show. And the fireworks were awesome, as, as always. Disney quality. I don't even think Disney does fireworks no more. But uh, you still got the fireworks, uh, the rodeo on Friday night, and then the big concert, Hardy. Looked like it was a huge success. Uh, just a lot going on, man. For You could have got that whole package two days in general mission, they wasn't the best seats in the house, but guess what? You were still in the house. You were still in the house, no matter what. So, uh, hey, guys, I got Homestead left. That's uh, October the 22nd. 
Then I'm pl- uh, skipping the week. Going to, my son Bart and I are going to Homestead. I'm going to hang out with him down in Braden, Florida. And then I'm running over to uh, meet up with Daytona Time Park at Daytona Time's house. We're going to Uber over to the airport. And we're wheels up, headed to Phoenix for the championship. Already approved. Everything's set. We just got to come up with a rental car. Anybody help us with a rental car in Phoenix? Uh, we're just trying to get to the track and, uh, we, you know, get to the track, get to the motel, back to the airport where we can take our wheels up and uh, out of there come uh, t- uh, Tuesday because I'm not never booking a flight on Monday because I don't want a rain out. I, I got to figure a rain out day on, on Monday. So we'll be leaving on Tuesday. So if anybody can uh, can help us with that little dilemma we got camping took care of, we just need a little bit of transportation to get to the from the airport to the uh, to the track. Can't wait to go up on Rattlesnake Hill there and just kind of hang out. Uh, just to say I've been there and overlooked the track. Everybody says it's a beautiful track. You'll enjoy it. Tom's been there before, so even my uh, girlfriend Lynn's been there. I mean, how, <laughs> she's beat me to Phoenix. I mean, how, how, how did that happen? Uh, but I'm going to uh, change that up, changing that up at the end of the year. I'll be at Phoenix. Tom and I, Daytona Time, will be at Phoenix for the championship. Uh, if you're there, look us up. If you can hook us up with a some way to get back to the airport, we would definitely appreciate it and uh, make it fun for you. So, listen, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to get this show back on the right schedule, as always. We kind of get knocked off. We kind of got knocked off balance. We're getting our balance back, guys. So uh, hang in there. Uh, Ten years, we ain't giving up nothing. So we've got to hang out with Chase Purdy. Just a few minutes. What a run Chase had, man. He was up there until he got caught up in the wreck. And Chase says, man, you still doing your show? I'm like, hey, Chase, man, we're in our tenth year. What? I mean, look, look at me where we're at. Why would I give up that to give up this? So, uh, you know, uh, the the little radio thing was, was the lady that took me to the dance, and I'm not leaving till she quits dancing with me. So, y'all, go inscribe and follow on my social media page. My YouTube, I got to grow it, guys. Cannot get over a 1,000. I don't understand why. It's just raw footage. It's stuff that you don't see on everybody else's page all prepped up and pretty. It's just, it's just pretty much raw footage. So uh, the walkthroughs uh, through pit row and lineups before the race. and it, it, It's a lot of shorts. If you like the little shorties, I got a lot of little big video clips like that that are pretty awesome. Uh, TikTok. We're rolling, man. We're at 14, I think 14.7, something like that. So uh, follow me. I'm trying to boost that up to one minute instead of the seven seconds and ten second clips. I'm doing one minute. Gives you more more video. Hang in there to the end. Like it. Watch it to the end. That's what makes this thing successful. That and Love's Truck Stop with that uh, $2.98 gas. Made me feel better. I fill my tank up before I come back in hometown. Uh, 323. Yeah, 323. And 329 at, at, at one station. So, 
Uh, congratulations to Yellowwood 500. Loves RV stop. Uh, and also Aladega Super Speedway. Great job as always. I've never been let down. It's like Bart said, how can we beat this? I said, son, it's like the state fire. We just get bigger and better. And that's the way it's been. For one last time, I'm going to play our little cutover on Talladega, and then the next one will be getting ready for the spring race, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be the Gaku 500 weekend. So uh, buckle up, strap in, and hang on. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memory. It's a tradition like no other, and a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Man, what a fun weekend. Woo, boy. Hey, big shout-out to the Infield Care Center. Kind of a little bit of a back injury there from Darlington. Open the oversized camera. Uh, they got me back in kind of where I could actually walk again to enjoy the last night, Saturday night, on the boulevard. Never been to the boulevard. They'll have the big one on the boulevard come April, and they're going to be dancing in the street. Let me tell you. Thanks, y'all. Be patient with me. We don't make it. Changing this format a little bit. May be able to see you next time. Who knows? Everybody wants wants to see it live. I don't know why. Remember, don't ride with dumpers. Thanks, everybody. Keep that light shining, guys.